Welcome to Deskmates, your Eurovision podcast. I'm Robbie, I'm your Eurovision newbie host. Oh, and I'm Ken, and I'm your Eurovision oldie. Oldie, I guess. <laughs> I thought or expert. expert. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah we, we can anyway. Oldie. Yeah, it's, it's very nice to be back in, to be the expert. Yes. Yeah, I've been away for a while in, a, in another type of context, I can say. So yeah, mm. it's nice to be back. Because you've been. I've been working with Melody Festival. It, actually, with the real thing. With not the real this, thing. Yeah. T- this toy podcast that we're doing. <laughs> exactly. The actual real journalism. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that. Yeah. But before we get into that, let's do uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just some things to tidy up. The first thing, we've never mentioned so far that we'd really appreciate if people rated us five stars on Spotify or whatever podcast app they use. From the stats, most people use Spotify. If you can rate us five stars, it really helps. It'll recommend the podcast to other people or victims. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Mm. So, yes, please do that. I have a little little, uh, update. My sister is currently visiting in Gothenburg (laughs) from England, and it's eye-opening to see how far I've come because... (laughs) She's like a time capsule. My sister is me before I met you. Mm. So we, she had her first mellow quell. We, you know, and she, we, I'd warned her in advance. I said, so it's the first night of Melody Festival and blank face. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So I explained, well, it's the selection process for Eurovision. And what, we're going to listen to it, she said. I was like, yeah, no, we're going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, we're going <laughs> to watch the whole thing. I, I have a podcast about Eurovision. Oh, she doesn't, doesn't know this. And uh, just her reactions to all of it was amazing to see. I tell you why this is why I'm mentioning it. The more we've done this podcast and I hear from actual fans of Eurovision from England, you know, either writing to us or commenting on the the Instagram. And I'm like, I'm not really a very good representation because there are people from the UK who are very into this. But I have to remind myself that no, the average person doesn't care. And I've almost gaslit myself into thinking that maybe I've got it wrong. But my sister has just been a great sort of resetting refresher of no, people don't care. So, I mean, the people who listen to this podcast, do you think they all know what Melody Festivalen is? Or should you explain it here? Should we explain we've, it here? To we've somebody? touched on it, but yeah, okay. we can definitely explain it. Okay, so Melody Festivalen is the Swedish selection process. Yes. According to conversations we've had, I know it was sort of revamped in the early noughties. I know it's a big deal. I know that for a long time it was regarded, I guess, as the one to watch until like San Remo and Benidorm Fest took off. I know that it's obviously been very successful. It obviously gave Lurien twice. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Mons and, and, and other various winners. Yeah, I know that it goes from city to city each week to various places because of having talked to you and <laughs> saying goodbye on a Wednesday afternoon when you go off to uh, different places. I know that they don't necessarily go to the same cities every year mm-hmm. and they seem to, from my perspective, pay attention to the smaller towns, which feels... Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's as much as I know. Have mm. I missed anything crucial? Uh, should I correct you a bit? Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. We have had this selection process for Eurovision for like forever, not forever, but since very, very long. In the 80s, it was huge, but it was one night only. It was 10 songs and one night. And we did that for, I mean, that was the thing. You had Melif Stolen once a year, one night with 10 new songs that you haven't heard before. And they were presented on the night. And first, I mean, of course, before internet and phoning and everybody, it was just juries everywhere doing mm. this. But then gradually during the 90s, we came into like um, phoning in the, the results. And then we turned quite bad in the beginning of the notice. Like there were, we had a, we had a win actually. Like we, we won in 99 and it was in Sweden in 2000, but the Melodifestvalen had just, it was very old. And then 
they were discussing like, are we just closing it down and just selecting a song like most countries do? And the guy who was um, the head of SVT then, he said like, no, let's make it bigger and decided to do five weeks instead of one. And yeah. I started to tour around Sweden, like to go because it, I mean, it's also SVT is like the, the national broadcaster. They have like in their assignment to be for the, everybody. Since this country has like an arena in each city because they have a hockey team, mm. usually the, each city has to build a, this arena, but half of the population might not like hockey. Then they got something else. They could also say, oh, we will buy it. We will build you guys a new arena. You will have hockey and Malivstolen. There's, there's not a lot and of overlap, I guess, there between hockey fans and European fans. Yeah, it could be. Fans. Some, some. But it's, that's, that's, that's a political discussion we will come to at many times in the podcast that how sports. Yeah. It's usually for one type of people and Melody Festivalen for another type of people. But anyway, so in 2002, they started. So 22 years we've been on the tour now. And it was a huge success from the start. And the only problem were for the first half of like 10 years, we didn't win. Mm -hmm. And the songs were huge hits here, but we were totally flopping in Eurovision, which not many people remember. And then we had like one time when we didn't go to the final. And then SVT revamped it within its form in many ways put in international juries, things like that. And then two years later, we had Lorraine. And after that, we had done very well. Mm. That's it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good little uh, anecdote. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's and good. I've been working with this since 2007. So it's my 18th year I'm going around as a journalist writing for wow, it. Wow, can legally drink. Yeah. Your my my, 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 my experience can finally drink. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> the drinking has already been happening from yeah, infancy. since day one. Yeah. Yep. Good. Okay. So that's uh, that's what Mellow or Melody Festival in is, a little bit of background. So the thing I wanted to touch on is SVT, you mentioned a couple of times, that's the broadcaster in Sweden yep. that, that gets the, the package. The BBC of, S yeah, of Sweden. The, the BBC of Sweden. And so obviously last year, BBC got the package. I think people might be interested in a little bit of sort of behind the scenes in terms of how much freedom do they have? So an example is each year, the host country, but I guess it's the broadcaster, you can clear this up, mm -hmm. they choose the, the motto and obviously mm -hmm. they create the stage and all the rest of it. Yep. Yeah. So there was some controversy that I'm aware of in some groups <laughs> that the motto this year, so every year they've chosen a different motto for some years now. Some years now. Mm -hmm. And last year it was United by Music, yep. which made sense because Ukraine won but they couldn't host because of the situation happening there. So the UK who came second hosted and they were uniting yep. <laughs> <laughs> together and also maybe a play on words with United Kingdom. And so the decision, one of the earliest things I think that gets announced is the artwork and the motto, right? Mm. With the new the new host. Mm. And so they announced that it was united by music again. Yeah. again. Mm. And this apparently was controversial for some people. Yeah, I mean, the, so many fans are of course new to this every year new fans oh. are coming yeah some, <laughs> some like you so they don't know there was a time that there was nothing like this like no logos no uh, visual things no taglines and these kind of things so I mean I think what they decided here at SVT was like okay United by Music this is what actually this contest want whatever like contest company these days don't have like a permanent tagline mm. it's just like it's like marketing death to just change it every year it doesn't say anything so they just wanted to keep it because it's they also felt it's like more important than ever like united by music like we want 
everybody to just leave their worries behind and come to this contest and try to be like united for a night and and sing music and we all know that might be a dream but yeah so that's why they just kept it they were like why would we change something why would we put like half a million swedish crowns on finding a new tagline uh, hiring some consultants doing this kind of things when we can use the same and then uh, and and then i i guess i mean they discussed it with ebu and the ebu said okay then we we'll keep it forever so now they have permanented it into the contests. I think that's great, though. Yeah. I mean, I, there are obviously years where it's been worse. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Confluence by sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but United by Music, it makes sense. It, it With my very limited experience of, of Eurovision, that seems to be what the aim is. It doesn't matter who you are, who you love, what color you are. You can come together in this celebration of, of songs. Mm. And that's the thing that I, I definitely have to remind myself. And I think why the, the motto helps is I get stuck in my, well, this song doesn't sound Norwegian, but it doesn't matter. It's huh? about, it's just about bringing a song. Exactly. Yeah. I just, some taglines, confluence of sound. Yeah. That brilliant. I told you. Amazing. Awakening. Just awakening. Just, just awakening. that one word. Light your fire. Terrible. Hashtag join us. Okay. Mm. Come together. Oh, that was the last time it was here. Peter opened it with like, bring the towels, let's come together. That was like a, the opening line before. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, <laughs> we Could have been that every some, year. Yeah. yeah, yep. We lost out. Yeah, United so United by, by music. music. Thank you, keep it. Yeah, that's, mm. a good, that's a good decision. Okay, I'm on board. Yep. So, yeah, you touched on it then. So that is SVT's decision as the broadcaster. Who, they get the package from EBU. Yep. And they make those sorts of decisions. Yeah, there, there's a list, actually, of things that you need to, of course, do. You you have to have an arena, and then you need to decide a city, and that's the first thing that you do. You get cities in Sweden have to, like, apply for doing this, and they do different things, and then it ends up somewhere. And then they have all the other things that's going to be, like, security, of course. Like, there should also be a Euro club for the people who are there that they can go to in the evening. There should be, of course, like, hotels and different kind of things, all these kind of things. And also the show... You have to have host, you have to have this, you have to have that. Mm. That's like a list. And within this, then you have some sort of freedom, but it's very regulated every year to do some things. So one more thing that's new actually today when we record this about Eurovision is we have got two hosts for Eurovision coming today. Yes. Which is one of the big things, of course, when you are hosting who is going to headline the show. Yeah. And usually there are just, I mean, so many people want to do this in the country that's hosting and it happens very, very seldom in the country. So there is a list. So just look at BBC last year. Now they had to, had to, but of course they need to bring in somebody from Ukraine also, but there were four people. You look at uh, Vienna in 2015, there were five people. It's just like, you don't need that many people, but everybody wants to be in it. So you just see people like hanging around, not doing much. Yeah. So what basically Sweden did in 2013 was just bringing in one person who was Petra Mede and that was a huge success then we happened to win three years later and we were like what are we doing right now okay let's bring her back and then we added Mons who had won the year before and that was even a bigger success and now we won again and everybody was like oh then there must be somebody new and all like the names that won have been raising their hands here and what happens yeah it's Petra again she has been away for a while and now with a woman mm. uh, by her side instead of course, this is down to the director and the scriptwriter of the show, who is the same guy, Edvard of Selena, who's done this before. And Petra is in many ways his muse. She is somebody who can deliver his jokes in English and French. And most Swedes speak as shitty English as I do, but she's like fluent and she can nail it. So it's nice. And now they, they're doing the, I mean, everybody's talking about the ABBA thing. So what do you do? Yeah, he brings two women 
plus 50, one blonde and one brunette, and mm. they're doing it together. So I think it's just genius. And I'm looking forward to see her and Marlene Aukerman, who yeah, famously did... Watchmen. Watchmen, exactly. I think it was the big film that people yep. might know her from, yes. yeah. But she's, I mean, she's a star. Yeah. And she was recently in another of Edward's yeah. films. She's been in both his films. And she's, her mother is Swedish, but she's uh, been growing up in uh, Canada, I think. But she speaks fluent Swedish, right? Yeah. 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 And not, sure. that not that she have to for... do that now, <laughs> but yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, it's great. I think yeah. it's uh, a, a great idea. Yeah. And the, the, the ABBA connection. And why is that important, Ken? Why is ABBA particularly important this oh, year? Oh, you should have heard the fans last year when we when we won. Uh, the, the, all the tinfoil hats were on. So this was just rigged because they, it's tw- this year, it's 50 years since Waterloo, which of course is like a huge turning point in Eurovision because... Yeah, I mean, we don't have to... I, one thing I don't have to explain to people in the UK is ABBA, thank God. So, yeah, I think everybody's still expecting them to come if you're not Swedish. If you're Swedish, you know, they never come. Yeah. They never, ever come. Why would they? My they, tinfoil hat is on. I'm now, expecting them. I mean, the, or at least their holograms, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now we've got two, two hosts, like, reminding of it, which I feel is like a nice touch to bring into it. But, I mean, yeah, mm. don't expect to see ABBA. Well... One can dream. One can dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Thank you for the music. Yeah. And Mamma Mia. So, uh, (laughs) yes, Uh, that was just a couple of questions. I didn't want to get too bogged down in that, but that's a very useful uh, backstory for those things. Mm -hmm. So before we actually get into the meat of Mellow, I've got to to listen to a question. And it'll make sense why I want to get this in now, because we're going to talk about this thing. I'm just going to play it. Hi Deskmates, I'm from the UK and have a similar history with the Eurovision Song Contest as Robbie in that I've always had an awareness of it but never particularly been that interested. But I'm loving the podcast so far, really interesting, really entertaining, absolutely great. My question is, you've mentioned multiple times about staging when talking about songs and acts and I don't know exactly what that is so a definition would be great. What is it that makes good staging and what is it that makes bad staging and is that universal or is there a lot of different opinions on that? And how does that impact the overall scoring competition element? Thanks. Brilliant. So that question came from Jamie, mm-hmm. uh, who mentioned he was in the UK. So thank you very much, Jamie, for your question. I think it's a super interesting one. This is a term that we've both used a lot and we haven't really explained. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what is staging, Ken? I'm so happy somebody <laughs> did this question right now also, because that can also be applicable for Melodifiswalen, of course. Mm-hmm. Staging, I mean, back in the day, there was a microphone on stage and there was people coming to it and singing. That's what they did. And it took until middle of the 70s when somebody actually started to dance a bit while singing, which was revolutionary, of course. Mm. In a way, I mean, the more countries that was added to this contest, you need to stand out. And here's the thing. This is so important to remember. I mean, everybody, a lot of people who don't have any interest in this contest, they, they, they of course, look at, uh, they, of course, listen to the songs and like, oh, this is a good song, this is a bad song. And you can have that opinion. But the thing is how you package it, how you present this to an audience, that's the important thing. What do you do with your three minutes? So staging is how, what do you do on stage for these three minutes that you have? And that is, of course, up to money. Mm. I mean, in Melodifestvalen, for example, every, every song gets the same amount of money to do the staging. But then if you have a record company, you can pay as much as you like. So if you want to put in fireworks, if you want to put in uh, extra stuff on stage, just pay for it and you get it there. That's the thing. And Eurovision, I mean, that's even more because you have 26 songs in the final. And if you're starting as like number five, you really want to have something that people remember. Mm. And some countries which I men- mentioned before in this podcast, like Ukraine, are the masters of this. If they suddenly end up with a song that's quite boring or quite shit, 
they bring something to the stage. They have had hamster wheels mm. on stage. They have had a woman writing in sand. One year, they brought the largest man in the world. He was a giant, or they call him the giant, poor guy. He's dead now. Carrying in the, the woman who sang on stage, just like <laughs> putting her on stage, and then he went out. Yeah, she memorable. Came, she came third. Okay. Something, or fourth. Uh, some, somewhere up there, at least. You know, so staging is, is hugely important. I mean, but it's also, you, you have to do it right because you, can just, you can't just put anything there so it looks like ridiculous because then you don't get the, the payoff you want. You want yeah. something to really connect in these three minutes. Yeah, that's staging. So that's a great explanation. Thank you very much. But does it matter if you're creating your staging for the audience in the room or the audience at home? Of course. I mean, it's the audience at home that's going to vote. So sometimes you hear like the screaming in the audience because it's very like much an arena song. And I would say that later years, uh, that has been more and more important. People watching at home want a live experience. They want a reaction from the audience and they react to that. So the reaction of the audience will translate to home. So it's been more of that kind of thing. If you just go back like 10 10 years, it was more, it could be more of a music video. You Mm -hmm. didn't even have to see the audience sometimes and people are like, wow, this looks, if you do like a music video now, because of course you can do that. You can stay with the camera at the stage. You can put in elements in the visuals that the audience doesn't see and things like that. It doesn't work as good mm. now as it did for like some years ago. Now people want the live experience. I think my worst example is like Ireland once again in 2022 when they had like super complex thing where she was like acting uh, with uh, paper cut things. So she was like looking like a giant, you know, these kind of fun things like book that you open for kids, you know, that things come up. Yeah. I don't know what it's pop, called. Pop-up pop, pop, box. Yeah. Books. And it didn't work at all. She was just like forgetting how to sing because she was so stuck in her own staging. So instead of just standing up, because that's also the thing, you can see if an artist isn't very comfortable what they're doing. UK last year, that's an excellent example. I wrote a song. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. I mean, but when she was, they flew her up almost up in the ceiling doing something. She was supposed to dance. She was supposed to move. All these kind of things. You have to sing live. Here's the thing. Staging could be perfect for someone and then you try to do it with somebody else and it doesn't work because you just feel uncomfortable at home watching it. Okay, so great. Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> so some differences of good and bad staging in, in terms of, and again, maybe the difference between live in the arena and how it comes out at home. I talked recently about... Zero gravity, yeah. which I think is an example for me of good staging. Yeah. But as you said, yeah, it works at home when you see just them floating in zero gravity yep. uh, above the earth. But in the in the arena, they're just on poles. Yeah, they're just like, on poles. Yeah. yeah, the experience is usually made for the TV. Mm. It's better on TV and than live. Live is something else, but usually a TV show isn't. I mean, it's not the same to see it to watch it live. Yeah. So what what do you think other than Ukraine are just some really standout examples of good staging? Ooh. Oh, this is something I should have prepared. There's been some great... I mean, the thing with Ukraine is that always good. You can always expect something from them. But I think there are a lot... I mean, that has been different from different years. I don't know if I know any other country that are as good. There are people that you can hire that are really good, and they are for hire for any country. Mm. So... If you know the names behind, you can always see like these, these, there are some Swedes doing things. I mean, there was a Swede doing the Finnish, uh, Finland's act last year, who was a huge success. There was a Swedish guy who's been doing a lot of things in Malivison. He also did Mons. So, I mean, it's usually who you pay to do it mm-hmm. if you don't have the people home. And I think in general, you could say that when the Eastern, old Eastern Europe came into the contest in the beginning of 2000, they changed everything because it had been quite stalled. There hadn't been that much put into it before they came. And they came with all these things and all the others had to learn. Hmm. And now it's more like, 
up to the designers of the of the stagings than the actual countries. Mm. I would say. Mm. I'd say two two examples that I could think of, and it's just two that we bang on about a lot. But Lorraine Euphoria, just a very minimalist, mm. just her basically until you know two thirds mm. into the song when a, a, a second dancer comes in, and you know very like modern interpretive dance or whatever you want to call it, but just amazingly done. And then Mon's Heroes. Mm. For me, going back and watching that as a person who didn't watch it at the time just feels like it's so minimal and effortless. It's just him with with uh, like a screen. He's interacting with like a, a sketch on the screen and then lights and things, but just really powerful. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having having gone back and looked at Mons do that, I can see a lot of other people every year trying to do that version too. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's, yeah, don't do that. Do something. Do, do something do the, new. Do the next yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> Melokvel 1. Malmö week 1. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the music, so yep. obviously if someone tuned into either uh, the Melody Festival and coverage or the pre-party uh, coverage on SVT beforehand, they might have seen a familiar face, uh, people familiar with, with you at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, can we talk about the elephant in the room now? We can talk about the elephant in the room. That, oh, that's my um, other podcast mate, actually, uh, Ronnie Larsson, who I've been doing a podcast with for years and years now. Mm. So you're, you're esk-mate, not your desk-mate. <laughs> my ex-mate. <laughs> My dex mate. Um, uh, we, we have actually a podcast in Swedish though, so but uh, that where we rewatch old Melody Festivalen. Mm-hmm. So we, we like we bring it up from like 1986 and we rewatch it and we look with, with like the eyes of today. We also call people from that era. So we've talked to artists that like had their mm-hmm. one night in 80s and 70s and 60s and things like that. It's basically my brother. We've been we've been grown together for this like late 18 years doing this together. So it's it's very weird, but I'm very, very proud. I'm like a very proud brother looking at him yep. uh, there. So yeah, he's got the host job on uh, Mellow. Yep. Well, and it's... he did a great job, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at watching that one. I thought he was very good. Yeah. Came in with the facts and figures. The so. facts and figures. Yeah, I mean, he's not like the host. The host is Karina uh, sure. and a guy called Bjorn Gustafsson. So these are the two hosts, but they are doing some sort of sport referencing thing here. Yeah, and, commentating. Uh, yeah, yeah, commentating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, th- I, thought it was, I thought it was great. But yeah, let's talk about Karina and and Bjorn. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. That, that was hilarious. And it was also a hint to what happened in 2008 and people understood it. So then you understand how big this show is here in Sweden. Like yeah. in people's genes, they yeah. understand exactly when he came up on stage, what's happening. And I don't know, we don't have to explain it here, but he, he was the host in 2008 together with her ex-husband. then current, yeah, her ex-husband. And she was just in the audience and didn't know about this. He was sitting there and suddenly he burst out in a love song to her. Of course, his, her husband knew because that was rehearsed and things like that. But her reactions were like, what? And everybody loved that. And the song mm-hmm. is amazing. And then he hasn't done Mellow for years. And now she's hosting and she did an excellent job and suddenly he just appears and are like back to that and now she has a new husband who was also there so it was everything like time. but yeah I, I loved it I it was, it was, really it was very very funny he is a very funny man yep. he, uh, I know him from his very short appearance in the movie Kung Fury yeah <laughs> with the moustache yes yeah. yeah that's the ups and now the downs <laughs> Let's talk about the music. Yeah, I wasn't super impressed. Yeah. Uh, I think we are doing the same music that we did. It, it all sounded very 2016 in Melody Festivalen. Mm. Usually Melody Festivalen can have their own little bubble of music also because it's representing a lot of things. And of course, as I said before, it's music that's there for three minutes in your face kind of thing. 
But I think we're still in 2016, and that bothers me a bit as a as a Melody Festival fan. But I mean, it's nice when I need to write because it's easier when I don't like it. <laughs> mm. So we're, we're in a tricky situation. We can't include any clips of the songs because they're they're not out anywhere. So we, uh, we don't want to break any laws. Exactly the two ones that because his, here is how it works. There are six songs nowadays. Two of them go to a final, and these are the th- the two we can't play because they are not out. Mm. Then the other four we could play, but why would we? <laughs> yeah, they're out. And they're, they're out. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about one of them that stands out to me. I've forgotten the lady's name. The older lady in the white dress. Elisa. 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 I'm glad you're calling her old. She's 32. So, yeah. She had a rough paper round. <laughs> she didn't have a very flattening dress, I would say. Yeah, there was something going on there. Yeah, there was something going on there. But also, she I think... looked a bit the, mummified. I think the song dated her more. Yeah, maybe. It aged her. Maybe. Because, yeah, I mean, that felt like it was straight but out the, of the 70s. That's also, yeah, but the thing, the, the thing with that song, and I need to defend that in some way. Okay. That song, that's like a... That's just existing in Melodifestival, and it's very much a Swedish thing from this contest. And it's just existing here. And people are like, oh, it's so old. It is. But this type of music, it just exists here. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't appear somewhere else and you get it, you just get it here. So I'm a bit like protective about this this type of music, even if I understand. It's also coming very much from the ABBA, yeah, yeah. how they sounded back then. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, I love it. It always brings a lot. Of, and here's the thing. Do you know what country loves that kind of music more than the Swedes? Don't say the UK. It's your country, darling. It's your country. People are coming just to watch and get music like that. This week we're in Gothenburg. I know several British people who will join here just this week just to come uh, and dance to this kind of music. It's huge in UK. They I, love I'm, this kind of music. I'm not going to sit here and defend British people. I I, I can. I absconded. I, finally, I can defend British people. Yeah, okay. I, these are my people. So we've done a lot of defining of other terms. Should we? Do you want to give a very... I'm going to give you a minute to tell the people what Schlager is. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to You have to hear a Schlager to know what a Schlager is. Yeah, I cannot show you what Schlager is. You must experience it for yourself. <laughs> exactly. yeah. But you can, you can play a bit from this. I could play... Okay, we could play a bit of that song. This is Elisa Lindstrom with Forever Young. No, forever yours. (laughs) That's Schlager music. That's Schlager music. And I'm so happy that it actually got the third place because that does mean it's still in the contest. Yeah, Yeah, that could be it. That could be what we send... To Eurovision, the best that Sweden has to offer this year. <laughs> no, but but here's the thing. Not all 12 songs in the final need to be ready for Eurovision. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, I mean, just last year we had one and that was enough to win it. Right. Okay. So what I mean, it's, it's also there. It should also be a party. Mm. It should also be a fun show. And there should be some different genres. And it's also for the fans that actually love this contest, there should be some songs that they can be played on the, the dance floor afterwards. Mm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for this. So this genre, is like, it's been so hated in Sweden also because straight people hate it. But for the gays, we adore it. That it's back like in, in third place. It's just either it's coming back or everything else is so shit. So this was the only thing that people could vote for. Yeah. Are you familiar with the term artificial insemination? Yeah, haven't right. done it lately, but yeah. Sure, uh, they do it on farms to, to cows. Uh, she looks like she artificially inseminated a fairy. She's got, what? up to the elbow, she's got pink glitter. That's the things that I need, that I need to know when I write about these things. Well, you, I didn't see it, did I? 
I will use it this week. Yeah, you can use that. Mm. I'll take it out of the podcast. <laughs> you can have the credit. <laughs> okay, Schlager music. I'm a straight man. It's not for me. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. I did my time. I listened to Steps. I bought their album. Yeah. I don't need it anymore. It's behind me. <laughs> <laughs> you're straight, but you're also British, so you have it in you. Mm, it's, mm. In my, it's in my DNA. Yeah. It's in, in your DNA. So let's talk about the two that went through. Yeah. Only one of them, I think, is any interesting worth talking yeah. about. Talk about it. So uh, they are called Smash to Pieces yes. is the name of the band. Yep. They are a, I guess, like a metal band. Yep. Slightly new metal. If they, to me, they sound like a Linkin Park cover band. Are you familiar mm. with Linkin Park? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, I'm just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Got to check. Uh, they sound like a Linkin Park cover band. To the degree that I don't know why they put a weird American accent on. Like I get, yeah, maybe it's, you know, it's the sound they're going for. I have a few things I want to say. So first of all, they were in Melody Festival last year yep. with the same song, but yep. somehow it's worse this year. How is that possible? Uh, yep. I mean, I, I think when you, if you have a great success in Melody Festival like they had last year, of course you want to come back as soon as possible after. I mean, this is a known podcast to talk about like, when should you come back? Should you come back? Should you come back even if you won? Should you come? I mean, all those kind of things. But if they have that success that they had, of course, SFD wants them back. They want to be back. Everybody wants them to be back. So what do you do then? I don't think you should do what they did now. They was just copying themselves from last year. I think they should have copied themselves in, I mean, it's still their music, they're a band, they have released, but they should have something else in it. Now it's just the same, which I would say, because here's the weird thing with that band, kids love them. They're looking like a computer game last yeah. year. So everybody loved them. When you put them in an arena, kids, they don't understand that it's new songs. When they heard this, they were like, oh, it's the same song. They were on their feet in the arena. And they were all voting. Mm. So in that way, it's a good thing. But I don't think you will win the final because also grown-ups are voting and they think exactly the same thing that you think. Yeah, I think a lot of people would look at that and go, yeah, why do they look like they're just like a computer game? Exactly. <laughs> and then the other song, super forgettable, Awful Liar. Oh, yeah. And uh, name of the artist? Lisa Ajax. Lisa Ajax, of course, yeah. It was fine. It was, it's a fine pop song. You you described it in your blog as, uh, a gen I think you said like a generic pop song with Sia dancing behind. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone to the final uh, four times out of five that she's been there. The fourth time she has done a ballad, she's gone to the final. So yeah, she's there. Usually people just forget about it when it comes to the final. Also, to be fair, there wasn't much to vote for yeah. this, this yeah, weekend. Yeah. yeah. So that's Mellow Week 1. Yep. An okay start. An okay start. I, I wasn't super... I mean, we need to be better song-wise. We need to have... I mean, if we're going to win this, then we need to be on Lorraine level every week. At least one song every week. That's something... I don't... I mean, and with that, I don't mean that it should sound exactly, but coming in, owning your own shit, do your own thing, something we haven't seen before, that's what we need. Mm. And also, of course, a good song. Not like this everything, all the six of the things we had seen before, that was this week. So, yeah. high expectations for Gothenburg. And you, I guess, have a sneak peek of the songs? To, not when we're recording this, no. Okay. <laughs> so that's a good place to end. Yep. This one. Not so much music, but a lot of, a lot of good... A lot of talking. A lot I of talking. Yeah. I hope you stayed. If you stayed to the end, you're a hero and we love you. Brilliant. So uh, if you are listening in extra fast speed, please <laughs> slow down to rate us five stars on Spotify if you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, like and subscribe in all the usual places. You can still contact us via Instagram. We are loving the conversations we're having with people. So yeah, keep the keep the conversation coming. We, we'd love to hear from you wherever you are in the world. And then you, if you have a question like Jamie today, you can email us at 
Deskmates, deskmates at gmail.com. Gmail. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that's all for today. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.